0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah youths. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott.
0: Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. We're celebrating Ute's back-to-back Pac-12 championship. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan.
1: What is up, my back-to-back Pac-12 champ buddies?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What a mouthful right there.
1: And we got Scott.
2: Well, I got nothing after that. (laughs) Welcome... What Scott? Speechless. Bienvenidos, amigos <laughs> del Pac-12. <laughs> All
0: right, Utah gets the win over the spoiled children, forty-seven to twenty-four. Man, big game, huh? I just as I predicted, Utah blows oh out my God, please. If, if we go back to last
1: week's episode, I think you're the only one who chose poorly.
2: Trader Cam <laughs> had no hey. faith in Cam Rising and the reigning Pac-12
0: champs. Hey, I'm so so glad to be proven wrong. Uh what an incredible weekend. We all made the trip down uh to Vegas. I love the Pac 12 Championship game being in Vegas, and I love when Utah wins. It's just uh, it's so much fun. And what an atmosphere. I don't know what was was better. Utah just destroying USC in that second half. Or Caleb Williams crying? I'm sorry. I, just, I do not <laughs> like the kid.
2: Utah destroying them takes the cake. But it was nice as a little extra frosting on top to see Caleb go 0-2 against the Utes. The only two blemishes on USC's schedule this year are to the Utes. It doesn't get much better than this, boys. All the talk going in was USC. It was how much is USC going to win by? I mean, just not even giving Utah much of a chance and just just to go in and absolutely shove it right back down their throat, spoil their playoff run. It doesn't get
1: much sweeter than this. I love it when the media and opposing teams take that route because you'd think they'd learn by now. This that's Whittingham's MO is to play the underdog role with a chip on their shoulder.
0: Well, we talked about that last week, Al. In the Monday presser before the game, how Winningham was, you know, really pumping up USC about how great they are, on how many offensive weapons that they have, which is all true. But we talked about that's where Winningham does his best coaching is with that chip on their shoulder when they're the underdogs, when no one believes in them. That's when Utah shines the most,
2: and they did, baby. I mean, what an absolute performance! started pretty similar to how uh, the game here in Salt Lake. Um, You know, man, through that first quarter, I just kind of thought, I mean, where I was sitting, I was kind of right up against a a USC section.
1: We were pretty much on the roof.
2: And they were pretty (laughs) darn obnoxious. And I thought, am I going to have to deal with this all game long? The answer is no. They
1: were quiet for quarters two, three, and four.
2: Oh, it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful that once that, that tide started to stem towards Utah, you know, Utah starts getting some stops. The defense kind of figured some things out, stopped making um, some bogus mistakes of letting guys run wide open down the, down the side of the field. Um, I mean, that defense was lights out. The offense got humming.
0: It was just, that was Utah football, Utah football to a T. So before we get into this game, I, I do want to talk about the fingernails.
2: Oh, I'm oh, glad you brought that up, Cam.
0: <laughs> With Caleb Caleb Williams having F. Utah. H- e- Humble Caleb Williams. Oh, yes. Pardon me. I will say he has inspired me. Oh, so for man. this episode, I'm going to have to put a picture of it on Let me get he, my glasses out. It doesn't out. work Hang for on, podcasting. But I did get my fingernails ready for this episode. I hate Scott
2: <laughs> I love it
0: I love it That is just as ridiculous as Caleb's <laughs> And I will be posting a picture of this on Twitter Oh, oh that is hilarious Is that it. why
1: you were late? Was <laughs> your okay. wife putting the tape f- Painting these on for you? Yes <laughs> <laughs> I love
2: it I'm in your head I'm in your head baby
0: Yes <sighs> Oh, that is too good. <laughs> it is, it's true. I do hate you, Scott. All right. Let's get in this game. All right. Let's jump into this game. I think, you know, for me, I mean, obviously Cam Rising had, had a heck of a game, was the MVP of the game. Um, I think really the unsung hero for me, Jaquinn and Jackson, the guy's a stud. And for someone who started the season as a quarterback, now is a running back. He was a big boost to that running game, uh, especially late in the season. But especially in this game, I don't know if Utah is as productive on offense in this game if he's not playing running back.
2: I can answer that for you. No. If Tavion Thomas would have stubbed his toe and quit earlier in the season, we would have been rolling at a higher pace. I'll stand by that. As soon as he bails out, I know it's only been two games. But all of a sudden, that distraction's out of the locker room. Guys can just go play.
1: But it wasn't, Tavian' slow start or whatever you want to call this, What he, whatever this season was, didn't result in Jackson becoming running backs when Curry got injured and lost for the season. It was when they made that change, too bad for Curry, great for the Utes.
2: Well, and, uh, but then Tavion goes and he's, He's not available in some games, right? And that puts Jackson up that up that depth chart. And every opportunity he had throughout the course of the season, he made the most of it. And little by little, kept earning the the trust of the coaching staff. And now all of a sudden, he's the leading rusher, two touchdowns, huge runs in the Pac twelve title game to clinch this baby. I mean, yeah. And the and the future for him is extremely bright at the position, considering
1: he's pretty darn new to it. And you you look at that the uh, first no not the first not the second touchdown the longer one when um, he he's not only can he hit the hole and make the moves but the burst after he hits the hole I mean he ran away from their safety on that long run
2: and and dude six three like he's not some small little speedster I mean he's a big boy. And, I mean, that's why he can run over you and run past you. I mean, he's a special talent in regards to that. But, I mean, was he pivotal? Yeah, but I I think why this team was so good is because they're a total team. They play as a team. You look at this offensive line, awesome. In this game, they were dominant, especially in the second half when they wore USC out. Cam Rising came to play. The wide receivers. I mean, you didn't have Devon Vele was not healthy, hardly played in this game. Kincaid, clearly not healthy, was not as impactful as, as probably Cam and the coaching staff wanted him to be. And then you get Money Parks stepping up huge. You get um, Jalen Dixon Jaylen Dixon stepping up. I mean, it was just, and then Thomas Yasmin. Seriously? How many friggin' tight ends do we have on this team that are awesome?
0: Uh, And that's kind of what I was been thinking about since the game. Is to me, this game proved how how much depth Utah has right now. And looking back at the other two games, the two Pac twelve games that they lost, the first one, right? Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley didn't play in it because of injuries. And still, almost won that game. Still, almost won. Jump forward to this championship game. Keithy's not there. As you mentioned, uh Scott, Vale's everyone's dinged up. Kincaid is is dinged up. But they proved that they're their second their second and thirteen guys are up there with the conference.
2: Is is Fred Whittingham the most unsung hero of this coaching staff? Dude never gets talked about. Never gets any type of pub praise. And his unit is
1: flat out amazing produces game after game after game
2: it's it's pretty remarkable what what he's done uh, he, probably, granted, he's got he probably some, doesn't even care oh no he, I, well
1: yeah i mean who knows but he, he, i don't think he's the type of coach that's looking to take the step to some other program i, I wouldn't
2: think so i think he he loves Coaching with his brother, and and when Kyle hangs it up, does you know? Does he move on to? Does he stay in the business? Who knows? He probably should because he's proven out. He's proven to be a pretty darn good
1: coach and recruiter. Only helps recruiting the tight end position. If you, if they're going to continue, yeah, I think this all depends on what Kyle Whittingham decides. Because you know, there's rumors that. He could be close to hanging it up, but who? But who knows? And as long as he's around, Ludwig's going to be around, and Ludwig's around, they're going to keep throwing to these tight ends. And I think you, this depth and the use of them, all it does is bring recognition to the program of and gets. Solid tight end recruits wanting to play here. Well it's not even just the tight
2: end position, it's across the board, but it's gonna come down to the NIL money, right?
0: Yeah. When, yeah. Winningham talked about that after the game.
2: Exactly. I mean they're gonna have to there's 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 um there's unprecedented amount of interest in recruits wanting to come to Utah from the transfer portal from from high school themselves. But the question is, is can you outbid the other, the other big dogs that are also going after these kids and NIL has changed the game. Kyle has spoken immensely, you know, all over the place about how big of an impact that's having and how it's completely changed recruiting and how relationships don't even matter as much as they used to because you can build a great relationship and somebody comes in last second, offers more money, they're gone. And... Um, but with that being said, the reputation that Kyle has, the reputation that this program has, and now you're seeing the fruits of all of this hard work over the years come to fruition. This is the time to pounce, man. USC is going to be gone in a year. UCLA is going to be gone in a year. It's us. It's Washington. It's Oregon battling it out for basically a Pac-12 title moving forward. You know, Maybe an Oregon State could venture up into that group. But um. And with that being said, playoff goes to twelve teams.
0: The Utes have a legit shot to consistently be in that playoff. Well, and especially as you know, what the format is right now, there's no guaranteed spots in the playoffs. Right? It's just a committee votes on who they think is the best for. And while there will be a committee, you know, moving forward, if you're a conference champion in the P fives, you're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs.
2: Well, they they instituted Utah would have a first round bye. Um, they would be the fourth seed in the playoff right now if if it started this year. And did you
0: see who they would play? Oh, yeah. It was Tulane and TCU. I, legit, Utah has a great chance. If it was the playoffs this year, and they had a legit chance of making the semis And you know Georgia. what's the best
2: about that, you fans?
0: That would take place in Rice-Eccles Stadium
2: just before Christmas. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. First round at Rice-Eccles. A week before Christmas, freezing cold. Could you imagine Rice Eccles for a playoff game? It would be, it would absolutely be nuts. Lit on fire. It would be amazing. We got, we got, to, we got, to, we got to get in that position to host. It would be absolutely incredible to host a playoff game at Rice Eccles.
1: Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, Whittingham is in a position. The program's in a position to to as you put it pounce and and did i say pounce Mm.
2: it's nice verbiage from from me (laughs) if i do say so
1: oh boy cameron flash those nails (laughs) the hate is strong with cameron (laughs) but at the same time whittingham he's he's getting close to retirement and what you think part of him has got to think, you know, I don't want to deal with this. I've had had my run in in this, in my career. I've won two straight Pac-12 championships. I could possibly win a Rose bowl and be done. And I don't have to deal with finding money to get players to come play for me. I see it. I see it. But here, here's the other side of it.
2: And this is the side I hope Kyle's on, that yes, the game's changing, but Utah can adapt just like every other team and every other program is going to have to adapt. I think he does because he's he's proven that over his career at Utah, that he has adapted. You know, yes, is he pretty stubborn on certain things on how he wants things done? Sure. But that stubbornness has proven to be successful. And... uh, um. If he can adapt to this, he's got a reputation that is worth gold in today's college football. From other coaches that want to come coach on this in this program, knowing, hey, Utah's successful year in and year out. They do it the right way. There's stability. I mean, there's no stability as a coach in today's college football. I mean, look at, we're just talking about Alex Grinch, the USC defensive coordinator. His dude's had like 12 jobs, and he's not even that old yet. Right, there's guys come here and they stay here. They keep their family here. Coaches want that, and then from a recruiting perspective, guys want to win, and they know Utah's now a program you can go year in and year out to win. Diabate's comments after after the game: "This is why I came to Utah to win this."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, and okay, fine, Kyle, stay till you're eighty, <laughs> but but. I guess my point is, Kyle's got all this going for him. He's worked so hard to build this program into what it is. Yes, every coach, I think, wants to go out on top. But is he? Man, you may not even be on top yet. There's higher, there's steps we could still go. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's,
1: yeah. Obviously, they haven't made the playoffs yet. With And with that changing and expanding to twelve in uh, in 2 years if you keep that momentum you've got now you very well could be in the running for that just 2 years down the road i mean he's got a statue coming to Rice
2: Eccles one way or another regardless if he retires tomorrow he's got it and, and scott's building it and i i've already started sculpting the calves have taken a lot of clay but
0: in in his postgame comments Kyle did say it's harder to maintain being on top than it is to get to top, and he, you know he said getting to the top was extremely difficult, but staying in there was even harder. And I wonder if he takes that as a challenge of how long can he keep this going.
2: And that's that's it. Does he take it? Look, I'm having the time of my life, winning Pac-12 titles, playing in Rose Bowls is awesome. I don't I don't want to give this up yet. That's where I hope he's at. Could he be? Hey, I've had a great run. I'm I'm kind of getting worn out, I'm going to pass the torch to somebody else. He could be there too. But uh yeah,
1: depends on how, how much of that competitive juice is still flowing.
2: I just think we are we are on the cusp of absolute a dynasty here at Utah. In the Pac-12, if if we can hold on to him and this and the
0: momentum that this program has right now. Yeah, I I think it really depends on the next wave of players. You know, can they maintain this high level, you know? If Cam Rising's gone, if you know, we know Don Kincaid doesn't have any more eligibility left. He's gone. If Brand Keithy is gone, you know, if if these if this wave of players move on, and there's that new set of players, can they maintain that same level that they're playing at right now?
2: Well, we've never recruited a higher level. When you look at the depth that's on this team right now. I mean, you just look in this championship game. I jotted down. Vele wasn't healthy. You didn't have Keithy. You didn't have Chris Curry. You didn't have Tavian Thomas, which is probably a good thing. You'd have Jonah Ellis. You didn't have Van Fillinger. Rising's not 100%. You just whooped up on a team that was expected to go to the playoff for the second time.
1: Depth. There is so much depth on this team. Okay, Kyle, come back. <laughs> Come back. We've we've made the argument for you. I'm sure he'll be listening when this
0: is ready to be. A a big-time listener. (laughs) Uh, We're up against a break. When we come back, let's continue kind of breaking down this offense, and I really want to get in the wide receivers. All right, jumping back into this championship game. Freaking money parks. The play of the game. Third and nineteen. Third and nineteen. Get breaks off one tackle, then three Trojan players like hit into each other and take each other out. He takes it to the house. He finishes with four receptions, eighty-eight yards in that touchdown. But just like again, like phenomenal game by someone that maybe Utah wasn't expecting to have to rely on. Especially at the beginning of the season,
2: but what a better sign to have a young pro, a young guy at the wide receiver position that we've struggled with for so long, who we've developed. It's not like he's a transfer or anything like this. Come in and make plays, and he's still young, and that's that's got to give him the utmost confidence moving for, into the Rose Bowl and into next year. Look what I just did in the biggest stage. I can do it. Huge.
1: I think it bodes well, not only for the Rose Bowl, but for the future. I mean, you've got now a month to get some of these guys healthy for the Rose Bowl, or at least somewhat healthy, healthy enough to be able to play and probably be a factor in the game. Um, But when you have guys like Dixon and Park step up, and then you add... A healthy Kincaid a healthy vale going up against Penn State it's going be gonna be big huge and and
2: I mean don't get me wrong Penn State's a good team but they're not Ohio state of a year ago. no
1: no they're not they're, they're which not,
2: is, which just makes this a much more winnable game mm-hmm. right especially the way Utah's playing but yeah I mean you, you give, I mean, um, you got Jonah Ellis who now has another year or to, or another month to, to get healthy, get his speed back on the field. Um, and, and just, I mean, just again, the confidence level that these guys have on both
0: sides of the, the field right now is mm-hmm. huge. Uh, that's absolutely huge. And I mean, one guy we haven't even really talked about yet. My boy. Thomas Yasmin. Your boy? What do you mean your boy? <laughs> I gotta call him right now. Oh, wait. You call him after the whole season's
2: done? <laughs> do you have that on your fingernails too?
0: How he's many fingers a, do you he's have? Got on his toenails.
2: <laughs> have my boy r- Yasmin. Yes, my right boy Thomas Yasmin. Where else you got things painted <laughs> I on I've there, got there got Cam? one Right here, for you, Scott. L- lift up your shirt. What do you got <laughs> underneath there? <laughs> got pasties on with r- stuff written on there? <laughs> no, like,
0: Yasmin, like. Has turned it up, you know, especially after the the injury to Keithy. But another, you know, another guy that I don't think Utah was expecting to have to rely on, e- even going into this game. I don't think Utah was expecting to have to rely on him, and he comes up big. Gets a huge touchdown, dude. Just dude just can't be stopped. He is a beast,
1: and he's our third string tight end. Well, when Keithy went down, I think all of it, and it. None of us knew – Yasmin hadn't played enough for us to see what his capabilities were. But when Keithy went down, we're like, well, I guess that means we got to go with Yasmin. And I think all of us were like, well, hope he's –
2: It's because we've been hearing his name for a decade, it seems like. But he just hasn't ever had the opportunity to go out and produce. And all of a sudden, he gets this opportunity, and you realize, dude should have been playing, probably. Yeah. I mean, there was just no reps
1: for him when you got those two guys ahead of him. But what a talent! Yeah, I mean, and how does he get on the field even last year? Because then you got Fotheringham last year, plus Keithy, plus Kincaid. There was just no there's no way he he's going to get reps. And now he got his opportunity, and boy, he made he made everybody take notice. He definitely, you know,
2: especially this uh, safety for. Uh, uh, for USC. Mr. Mr. Bullock, I hope you're okay this morning because you were embarrassed Friday night in
0: Vegas. Jalen Dixon, his best game as a Ute?
1: I think so. Probably.
0: Except for I mean he they ran
1: too many end arounds. <laughs> USC was ready for those, that's for darn sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, he didn't have like, you know, any real spectacular plays like he's had in the past, but I would say probably as far as volume and consistency, I'd put it up there.
0: I That catch he had right before halftime was huge. It was huge. Coming off a Kincaid drop in the end zone.
1: There was only a tiny window to get that throw in there. And yeah, great job by Rising, great catch. And it was huge. I mean, to go, to go into halftime tied. All the after, momentum in the world. After what that first quarter was, was huge. And I think that demoralized USC to a certain extent because I think obviously they came in believing the hype that they should be destroying us and running away to the playoffs. And at halftime, it's tied after what they seemingly made look pretty easy in the first quarter. Like, oh, crap, now we got a game. I I
2: think we, we took their best punch and all of a sudden they realized wait, what? It's still tied?
1: Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it was demoralizing for him. Kyle Winningham said, uh, coming out of uh, his little speech to the team, coming out of halftime. Um said that uh, they thought we we're going to roll over and die. We didn't. And I think, yeah, I just think that they thought, okay, we, we just got out on them this quick, this easy, this game's over. And all of a sudden, it wasn't. And Which
1: you'd think they would have learned better after the first game. <laughs> the first game, this exact same thing happened, right? Exactly. And we came back and won the game.
2: Well, and don't get me wrong. I mean, USC is a good team, but they're not. They're they're not great, right? Horrible defense, really
0: good offense, but they're just a collection of dudes. I, I think they are very talented individuals. Yeah, and it, they're not a. And they're not a team. They're not. Like, a I'm team. not going to call it as it is. You, you saw them quit. A team doesn't quit like that. Well, the, this team hasn't been through a lot together. I mean, Dalton Kincaid,
2: he's throwing some shade in that little video that they, they uh, the Utah football produced today. Dalton Kincaid, a little snippet of uh, what he's saying pregame to the team in the locker room. And how Utah has this chemistry, and they don't. And you can see that. I think what you said, Cam's exactly right. A great collection of players, but they're just not a great team together. And as the game wore on, Utah just warmed down and just invoked their will. And, and here goes money. Here goes money. We're watching the game right now. Money down the sideline. He's going to score. Third and 19, baby. Which
1: I think you can blame that on where college football is today. The NIL yeah. is turning this into... NFL, NBA, MLB free agency. I think on steroids though,
0: because at least in those leagues, guys are under contract, right? And yeah. they can't just pick up and leave whenever they want. They wait till they're actually a free agent. Look at the transfer portal; over six hundred guys entered the portal today,
1: which is which is crazy. And it obviously we know Kyle's built a program here, and it's based on family it's based on team and these coaches like at least right now lincoln riley has proven that he can put point he can put a team together to put points in the end zone on the scoreboard but he can't win championship games he has not done that yet and it it goes back to yeah you can throw money at these guys tell them they're going to come live in hollywood be on commercials, be in the spotlight, and they were, they were in the spotlight all season long in every media outlet, all them up. week long. And in the end, look where they are. Well, look where they are. Left
0: out of everything. There is a Cotton, the cotton bowl, bowl against
2: Tulane.
1: Giddy up, boys!
0: I, I still think they should be an Alamo bowl. Just all right. We can't, we can't move on on the defense yet. Without talking about camerizing, you legend, just a phenomenal game.
2: Where where does he go in Utah football lore?
0: Is he on Mount Rushmore? He's got to be up there with Alex Smith. I, I guess
1: if you're if you talk strictly what they've done at Utah, why? Yeah, I don't know that. You can't put him on that Mount Rushmore. I mean, you could argue he
2: he himself has changed the trajectory of Utah football. Utah football was really good before he got here. But we weren't really good at the quarterback position. And we weren't really good offensively. And he mm-hmm. came in, and he just, is he, he's not a Heisman finalist. He's not the most talented quarterback probably we've ever had but he dude's a winner the dude just i mean Kyle says it all the time he's the best leader he's ever been
1: around and he he doesn't have the touch like Alex Smith had on the deep ball but he's got it's just as much heart as Alex Smith has and you know what i'd I, i'd argue Tyler Huntley's probably a more talented quarterback
0: i yeah no i don't think you can argue with that. i think Tyler's Way more athletic. I think Tyler's got better touch. I think Tyler's,
2: in some cases, way more accurate than, than Cam Rising is. Mm-hmm. And this is not to take anything away from Tyler Holly because dude's an all-timer as well. But there's just something about Cam that, even though it's not always pretty, and he's not putting up the most stats, he does what needs to be done to win.
1: I mean... In, and you can in, say that about the... Many players on this team. I mean, oh, you could Kincaid. Many, but but there's no but there's no more important position. Oh, than for sure. for sure. But how many times just in this game did Kincaid get a ball, shy of a first down that was absolutely needed to keep a drive alive and get the five additional yards? Right over. I mean, all season long. Yeah,
2: but I just think Cam. I mean, in his time here at Utah, he now has two Pac-12 titles and two Rose Bowl appearances. And hopefully, in about a month, he will have one Rose Bowl victory. You don't get a better resume at Utah than that.
0: I, you, that's a resume that I think every Pac-12 quarterback dreams of. And we, I mean, we, we talked about Ratcher the game. Arizona State has been to two Rose Bowls in their whole history. Arizona's been to none, and Utah's going to back-to-back years. Utah. Since they've joined the conference,
2: only two schools have played in the Pac-12 title more than they have. As far as Rose Bowl appearances, Utah now ranks third in the conference in total Rose Bowl appearances, and we've only been in the conference since 2011. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Look at Caleb Williams. No one's going to argue who's the better quarterback, Cam Rising or or Caleb Williams. Clearly, it's Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah. Look Look at the two resumes. Whose resume would you rather have, though? You got to go with Cam. No. I think he's he's up there. He's up there on, on your Mount Rushmore, along with
1: Weddle. Probably Alex Smith. It's too bad Alex Smith was during the era of Mountain West Conference. He was the BCS busting quarterback. Heisman finalist. Heisman finalist. He just didn't have an opportunity because of the conference they played in to play in a Rose Bowl. Yeah. Cam's a legend, man. He will go down. He will go
2: down as the guy, I think, for the next generation
1: of you fans. You you could even throw Brian Jordan up there. Or Brian Johnson up there because not he wasn't BCS busting, but walked into the Fiat, walked into the Sugar Bowl and knocked off Alabama I think Brian Johnson was up there before cam and I think cam may I mean this could be a
2: discussion for another day but I think I think cam has unseated Brian Johnson on that on that list
0: yeah, I can see where you're coming on that one Scott uh we're up against a break again when we come back let's talk about this dominating defense. Our Utah defense gets another dominating performance against USC. I, I think for me, though, I mean, if we want to start off maybe a little concerning with the defense, it's just how many big plays they gave up with wide receivers kind of running free downfield. I, luckily, there was a lot of a quick recovery. Um, but, man, I that first quarter... I did get a little nervous how easy it seemed like USC was just finding wide open guys way It was way like down watching field. an
1: instant replay of rice Stadium's first quarter. I just I couldn't believe it. But but you're right. In Looking back, yeah, they gave up the big play, but they recovered so quickly. Yeah, and some of them, some, a couple of them ended up turning into touchdowns eventually anyway, but one of them stopped in a field goal. I think and then after the turnover by the Jalen Dixon fumble, they you know they stopped him on four downs to get the ball back, and, which was huge part of that game. But uh, yeah, that first quarter was not pretty. Well, but but what was interesting
2: about it is we came out in a different look. It was a look I don't think Utah's ran all year a three four, and blitzing guys from all over the place. And I think part of it was like it was good because we were containing them outside of those big plays, Mm -hmm. but it was almost like we kind of, we were trying to confuse them and maybe we confused ourselves. ourselves a little bit on, on some of those two, two defenders taking the same guy, leaving one guy wide open Clark Phillips had the one where he fell, which allowed uh, um, that deep pass down the sideline to uh, uh, Addison. Addison. But um, but once they kind of figure things out, absolutely lights out. I mean, after that, after that first quarter, USC scored seven points the rest of the way. Yes, obviously, it, it was assisted by the fact that uh, Caleb Williams wasn't completely healthy.
1: I'm also not very convinced the dude was that injured. Everyone's saying that it was on that long run on the first series of the yeah. game, and but he didn't he, start he limping didn't start... till like halftime. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, obviously, if that's the case, maybe it got worse as the game went on. But it he was not limping at all in that first half.
0: Uh, he he just he had that Kobe in him. <laughs> he just couldn't couldn't give up. No, I I agree. I think I think if if they're in the lead, I don't think he's limping to be honest with you. I no, really not a don't. chance. He's not limping if they're in the lead. Um,
2: but he had to he had to, he knew his Heisman was on the line and he had to show all the voters, "Hey, things aren't going my way, but it's because of this injury, but I'm I'm gutting it out. I've I'm a gutsy player and I'm going to show them all what I can do." and you know, he is what he is. He's all about Caleb Williams and now he gets to be all about the Cotton Bowl. And uh but that defense to me the unsung hero of that defense, Gabe Reed. Best game as a U. He was all over the place and in and he was in Caleb's face all night long. Just what? he played beautifully.
1: What a what I mean, Going back to the last offseason, what a get to get him to transfer from Stanford.
0: Yeah, huge. Oh, I completely agree. Gabriel had a great game. I think Diabate. Diabate was good. I think that might have been his best game. Oh, I think for so sure. too. He comes away with two sacks. That last one on Caleb just
2: blindsided oh. him. Oh, it was beautiful.
1: Yeah, I think we all had high expectations of him right out of the gate and it, it took him a while to come around he he did he he was a huge part of that defense down the stretch but uh uh and, and good for him we can talk about this game in particular but i just want to say looking ahead for who is going to be back on this defense is just incredible to think about
2: oh defense will be lights out
1: next year will be lander barton is a true freshman has been a stud you're gonna have Krenny Reed back. You have your whole D line back, other than Reed. You're gonna have Bishop back. You're gonna have Nate Richie coming home from his and mission. That's my biggest thing: is you got Richie coming back. You've got Vaki who stepped up in the last four games, and he looks like he's gonna be a stud. Here's my hot take: Nate Richie may have a hard time getting on the field.
2: I don't know. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he can get back in, and he just is. Has-
1: what he did his his true freshman year. But we're deep, guys. We are deep. You've got a linebacker spot opening up. I could see someone like Bishop moving to linebacker. And then that opens up. Again, Hubert's leaving too, so that opens up another safety spot. Yeah, but I think Vaki's Vock, in
2: there one way or another. Oh, for sure. Now, unless we played with three safeties a number of games the last half of the season. Does that, I mean, that's a potential
1: possibility for next year. It is, but I think, but Vaki has the speed of a DB. He does. And maybe that's why they're, but I, I, I don't, I don't know that
2: you're going to see him as a DB. I don't think you're going to put him as a nickel. Dude is, dude is too good. He can cover so much ground. I think you utilize him as, you've got to keep him at the safety position. I mean, obviously, Scali's going to do what's best. He knows what he's doing,
0: but, I love Vaki at that safety spot. Absolutely love him. I think he's a tremendous player. I think it's a great problem to have. Oh, for sure. But yeah, we're you know we're sitting here, you know, while we're just a few weeks away from uh, the Rose Bowl, talking about next season and trying to figure out playing time for these for these kids. That's a problem you want to have. You want to have that problem where you have so much talent that and that much depth. That you're trying to figure out how do you get all these guys on the field.
1: Well, and Whittingham and Scally over the years, it, their mantra has always been, put your best 11 on the field. I don't know that it necessarily matters what position they play. Which is why Matele is in the transfer portal. <laughs> I mean, when when a, when
0: a yeah.
2: freshman like Vaki is taking your spot, they don't care about your seniority. They don't care what you did in the years past. They mm. care about what you're doing now. And... And there's a lot of young talent on that defense, man. And
1: that's just the the secondary. Look at look at the the entire D line is back. That's how to read. Yeah, that's how to read. That, that's how to read. But
0: you look at this game. There was no Van Villinger. There's no Jonah Ellis. And you had guys like Connor O'Toole, who was a tight end convert, who had a had a heck of a game.
2: This defense is going to give Penn State fits in the Rose Bowl. And they're going to continue to give fits to the Pac-12 next year.
0: It's it's it's
2: locked and loaded for next year, baby.
0: You know, kind of looking over the stats for the defense holding USC's rushing attack to fifty-six yards. Which they made them one-dimensional. Yeah, and that was huge. Seven
1: sacks helps that
0: number. <laughs> it <but. does>.
2: Kyle <laughs> McDonald, I hope you're enjoying your time in the past happy uh, confines of USC, baby. And I hope you enjoyed that big L. That was sweet. You and Travis died.
1: I, I, as I rewatched the game last night, I thought it was funny watching Travis Dye and Caleb Williams sit on the bench like, holy crap, what just happened? <laughs> Did this
2: really happen again? <laughs> Travis Die has lost to Utah four times in a
0: calendar year.
2: That may have never happened in the history of college football. That's got to
0: be some sort of record.
2: And he had a chance to transfer to Utah. And he didn't.
1: <laughs> but yeah, to hold their, their rushing attack. And they've got, I mean, obviously they've lost Die for the season, uh, which was a, a blow to them. But number six, um, Jones, Jones—he he's had a pretty good, he's had some good games since Die has been injured. He's run for over 100 yards in each
2: game that he started outside of this game. I mean, he, he's a transfer from Stanford. It's not like he's some, you know, true freshman recruit or anything like that. So
0: yeah. So if you want to take those rushing, you know, yards uh, on on Williams because of the sacks, but you just look at Jones's number: fifteen carries for thirty-five yards. I mean, he's barely getting two yards a carry.
2: Those are some Tavion Thomas numbers.
0: <laughs> Scott
1: strikes again.
0: So I think the the biggest thing for me coming away from this game, from the defense, right after that fumble in the second quarter, USC's up 17-3, to Utah is starting to get some momentum, they fumble it, and the defense holds USC to 4-and-out. To me, that was the pivotal moment in the game where if USC scores right after that fumble, I don't know if Utah comes back in that game. That that was a huge turning point to make USC go four and out right after that fumble. Yeah, because if
1: if they score, it's twenty four to three at that point, and that at at that point, I think if you're Utah, you start you start thinking, "crap, this is get this could get out of hand."
2: Well, that's a, I mean that's a big hill to climb, mm-hmm. and I mean knowing what we know now, it would have been enough, but in the moment.
0: Mentality wise, confidence level definitely could have changed things. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. It. I'm not trying to say that the game was over if USC uh, scored there, uh, but really was it was a big momentum swing uh, for the defense to to you know get USC right off the field after that turnover. The
1: limp wouldn't would have waited a bit longer to appear <laughs> if it was twenty four to three.
0: Okay, one area that we have been very critical. All season long. Special teams. Special, boy,
1: have they been special teams.
0: Had a great game.
2: I got a little tidbit for you guys on a special teams. According to Kyle Whittingham, after the game, was praising Shaw because special teams was ranked
1: number two overall in the conference this year. I did hear that. and can't, or What are the analytics that go into that?
2: Kyle must be lying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do they not take into account missed field goals, missed tackles?
2: I just want to know what categories we are obviously at the top of the conference in because there's plenty where we're at the bottom. Field goal percentage. I mean, I will
0: say kickoff coverage has gotten a lot better. I mean, they were great in this game. That's what I say. They kicked the ball to the end zone numerous times. Uh, they got the ones that they did return they were right at the goal line yeah they were in coverage. Goal the coverage line. is great. Coverage I don't, was great i think they those. they got to just pass the 25 once
2: um so no and and really the only blunder you had in the kicking game was the missed extra point but that was in part because of the the 15 yard uh, unsportsmanlike uh, um personal and, foul for and, taking your helmet off
1: but still that, that was only pushed a 35 yard shot yeah, it should be that's a... that's a lot for our guys let's be honest well i agree but any that should be an
0: automatic it from should 35 be yards. It, it, it should be but you know you got to give them credit they went 2 for 2 Reddy went 2 for 2 on field goals which were huge. Which were big they were huge well congrats for being number
1: 2 i had no idea
2: all right, Sean, so I guess you can keep your job for another year. <laughs> I still want to see the stats. I want to see it for
0: myself. All right, so overall, you know, just a great experience. Uh, it was so fun to be down in Vegas. Uh, Utah fans showed up. A lot of fun. Just, and again, like winning helps everything, right? Uh, but just, just what a great season for the Utes. You know, of course, Utah's going to the Rose Bowl. Uh, As we get closer to that, we'll have an episode kind of breaking that down, talking about Penn State and Utah uh, in the rows. But that will do it for this episode, kind of breaking down this championship game. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum,
2: the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Uh, Yeah, you find me at UteMan underscore
0: forever. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at UtahManPodcast. You can listen to us at our home at UtahManPodcast.com. And anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. And here's the back-to-back champs for the Utes. Go Utes.
2: Go Utes. Go Utes. will be till I die. Kai, yai. Back-to-back. Let's go. We're good. Let's cut it.
0: The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with
2: the University of Utah.